We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast. That is right, we are back. It feels great hearing that uh, that post-game sounder, that post-game intro that you guys just heard. Thunder are back, and so is the uncontested. Um, first and foremost, we are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and just as proud to be the official podcast of Boomtown Hoops. Brought to you guys by Dildash, as well as Bet Online, which we'll get into here soon. Um, I'm joined by one person, and actually one dog. I have a one young Brody on my lap right now. He is sniffing this microphone and wondering what's going on. But most importantly, I'm joined by Jacob, one of my fellow co-hosts. What's up? How are you feeling, Jacob? Um, after that ass kicking, I'm feeling great. That, that, yes. Um, very exciting. What'd you do for today? I, I was thinking you were going to like go and put some meat on the smoker, um, have like a full full thing going for today's game yeah so i actually did that last night if oh, people fair. people kind of drug me on twitter last night because i posted a picture of um i hooked up my outside projector and i just got some new speakers for it so i had my whole setup outside last night and watched um dallas houston 
Friday night and I did had too. a blast. That was fun. Uh, hit up some Wing Supreme up in OKC, and it was really good for my first time trying Wing Supreme. Talk to um, me about this Wing Supreme. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm intrigued. It, it, it's <laughs> good. I, there's two wing places I've been wanting to check out in OKC, Wing Supreme and a place called Tez Wings okay. uh, out in Midwest City. So we did Wing Supreme last night. Uh, it was really good. But people drug me on Twitter because the picture I got of the game wasn't of the basketball but of the Wendy's commercial. <laughs> But I gotta tell you, Taylor, those spicy nuggets look good. All right, they do look great. So, in your so defense. get off my ass. Hey, but, that's a, but, that sounds like a good night. <laughs> oh yeah. So today, I uh, just hung out with the fam and watched the Thunder game on ESPN, and uh, very pleasantly, uh, not surprised, but uh, it just a little bit surprising. I mean, at, I think surprise is a accurate word here. <laughs> I, I thought the Thunder would win. I Agreed. didn't think they would drag the corpse of the Utah Jazz up and down the court all day, though. I mean, and that's was, pretty much what yeah. happened. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like you said, the Thunder dominated um, their first official game back, and they beat the Jazz 110-94. to 94. I mean, honestly, just kind of crazy. I think, like you said, we expected the Thunder to be extremely competitive. Um, but to be honest, just based off of the regular season we saw prior to the season hiatus, Kind of expected this to be a close game, Jacob, where the Thunder do their thing that they do in the clutch. Uh, they maybe are coming back from behind even, and it's down to the wire. That was certainly not the case today. Um, so before we kind of dive into a quick game recap and then some overall themes that you and I came up with, talk to me about just some overall thoughts. Just how are you feeling right now? Um, now that we're jumping into this podcast, doing our first post-game podcast since the hiatus. It feels awesome to be doing a post-game podcast, number one, talking about actual basketball. Take that, COVID. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. But actually, uh, yeah. It, it, It's hard to know. Are the Thunder really, really good? Do the Jazz suck? Right. Are we somewhere in the gray area? We obviously always fall somewhere in the gray area. But this team, from top down, just looked great. Like, all five starters played really well. Um, Dennis played all right. Nerlens had a great game. Hami played a ton of minutes and played really good. Um, we saw Dre for a little bit. Uh, how long do we see Dre for? Hami played 20 minutes tonight, which is surprising. Dre only a five. Lot. And then we got, Dre played you the know, last five of the uh, first half. Yeah, we got some, some trash minutes from Ferg, Nader, and, and Muscala. But this team, to me, they look... Like the chemistry is still there, the defense was incredible. Yep. And the young guys, primarily Hami, Shea, Lou, and Baisley, just look like they feel like they belong. They they are dripping confidence. I know. I know. I'm biased, and I uh, have dragged this guy kind of through scrimmages. Um, but I think you have to throw Diallo in that mix as as of today's first official game. I think he absolutely should be in that same conversation as at least Baisley. Um, where you could say that maybe Dort and Shea made a, an extra step. <laughs> but I think Baisley and uh, Diallo looked fantastic today. And just like you said, I thought defensively, in, defensively, man. both of those guys were incredible. Oh, absolutely. And just the team as a whole, like you said, and this is something we'll kind of dive into, but just, I mean, it seemed like every time the Utah Jazz were making a pass, hands were going in the passing lane. Um, and <laughs> Thunder defender hands, right? They're getting deflections and steals and just that pretty much just dominated the entire game. Yeah, their defense fantastic. at the rim, their ability to close out on shooters. Lou just put Donovan Mitchell in the poor torture chamber. <laughs> I mean, the Iron Maiden just locked his ass up. Donovan Mitchell, 5 of 15 for 13 points, 
four turnovers, four Ugh. assists. Oh, so I, I mean, think my favorite part of that is, uh, okay, yeah, we're going to take Lou out. No, he needs a rest. And, you know, so Donovan Mitchell watch, walks out there with maybe a little bit of a sigh, right? Like, oh, Lou's gone. Now's my time. Oop, psych, we're going to throw Andre Robertson at you. He's healthy. Yeah, and Diallo it's got psych. time on Mitchell and, and did great. I yeah, mean, Diallo did fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, it was great game. Uh, and Taylor, let's, so let's jump into kind of the the highlights or the uh, the game recap. And let's start with pregame. Yeah, so, so pregame. And um, I actually missed this because I was, I was on the ESPN stream, or I guess the ESPN um, channel, where I was watching the end of the um, Nuggets, who did not play so well, uh, the Nuggets game. But that, that would be Thunder next opponent on Monday, Nuggets. True, true. And um, if those guys that they had sitting out today, um, I, we'll talk about that later, I guess. But regardless, uh, I, I would... I feel pretty good about our chances against the Nuggets after today's game. Um, but with that, with that being said, the Thunder kneeled kind of as expected um, before today's game uh, with the Utah Jazz um, right before, or I guess during the National Anthem, which was uh, really cool, um, just as all the other teams have been doing since the beginning of the season on Thursday. However, there were some interesting comments pregame from both Billy and Ferg, who mentioned, like, honestly, we haven't really discussed ex- or decided on exactly what we are going to be doing pregame, um, but we, whatever we do is going to be as a team. Well, then, um, you know, yesterday we had a, I guess, the proper term here, not a senator, um, an Oklahoma lawmaker from the small town. Uh, I shouldn't say relevant. Sorry if we have any how many listeners, but <laughs> this man felt felt a little irrelevant. Um, especially when he, he came out and was very against, you know, if the Thunder kneel, we should take away their tax credits, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so when Billy and Fur came out today with those comments, it made me think, like, did, did they actually take this uh, lawmaker's comments into consideration? Um, but fortunately, you know, they, they went ahead and, and kneeled with the Jazz. It was really cool. Billy actually went over with the Utah Jazz team while Quinn Snyder went with the Thunder to kind of uh, show unity there. I thought that was really awesome. Um, they did a great job. They didn't make a scene. Um, they they showed what they stand for, and I thought it was great. Um, Jacob, what do you think? Yeah, it was awesome. Now, I will say on the Fox Sports Oklahoma broadcast, it did look like one Thunder uh, either assistant or um, manager or somebody at the very end of the bench was standing. I'm not sure who that was, but everybody else. And like you said, uh, Billy was over kneeling with Donovan Mitchell uh, and Quinn Snyder. Uh, was right next to Billy over near uh, the Thunder players, so it was it was kind of like yeah, like you mentioned a show of solidarity, yep. uh, which was awesome. Uh, and then that solidarity solidarity quickly turned um, to uh, a public dragging <laughs> shortly after. I think that's a great transition, great way to put it. Um, obviously, both teams were together um, against the bigger issues face, facing the country currently. <laughs> but they sure as heck weren't, weren't when they tipped off from the very beginning. Um, so just a quick game recap. Thunder start, started off with some jitters, as I would say. They had four turnovers fairly quickly in the first quarter. Kind of didn't look like themselves prior to the hiatus, like I mentioned earlier. But from there, they pretty much just got it together. I mean, yeah, they, uh, just tell me, Taylor, on your bingo card, did you have... Gallo scores first points of restart with poster dunk on O'Neal. <laughs> no, nor did I have uh, Gallo won't be able to hit an outside three-pointer unless it's off the backboard. I had neither of those <laughs> on my two, 2020 bingo card, though I probably should have as the way, you know, we know how 2020 is going. <laughs> so, but no, I mean, he, the yeah, the very 
it started off with a bunch of turnovers and looked ugly, but then immediately after we get a uh, a Shea Gallo pick and roll. Uh, Gallo catches it, and I didn't think he was going to get up and put that down, and he did. And got the end one, and then yeah. goes and hits the free throw. Um, I mean, I think to your point, it wasn't just the Thunder who started off a little rough. I mean, I think we went almost like two full game minutes of neither the Thunder nor the Jazz scoring a point. It was ugly, um, but from there, like I said, it felt like they got the jitters out, and it was just a lot of fun. You know, that first quarter, you mentioned this, Jacob. Seemed like Chris Paul and Gallo, um, two of the guys I kind of was a little uneasy about. I think after the scrimmages, I'm trying to remember who it was. I can't remember his Twitter name, um, but I told him I was tweeting from the account today. I told him that I would eat my crow here because I certainly was a little hesitant after seeing their scrimmages. But it turns out they were just scrimmages, <laughs> yeah. And that's how Chris and Gallo treated them, right? And they came out in that first quarter. They set the tone, and the Thunder just led the way from there. Yep, 29-15 at the end of quarter one. Ooh. I mean that's that's quite the way to start the tone. Um, and you know, and, and then we we talk about at half, they shot t- the Thunder shot twenty four of thirty seven, sixty four point nine percent from the field, fifty percent from three, seven of fourteen, and they out rebounded Utah twenty seven to seventeen. Also, this is a really cool stat from Mikey because um, Mikey's always good doing this, going through and finding the these stats that I always tend to kind of overlook. The Thunder allowed only five free throw attempts from the Jazz, um, and still played really solid defense. And they only allowed like, they only fouled enough for the, the Jazz to be able to shoot five five free throws. I mean, I think that's pretty uh, pretty fantastic, and just shows like you mentioned earlier, Jacob, just their defensive intensity, um, getting those hands in passing lanes, getting those deflections and steals, contesting well, and doing so without fouling, which we've seen a lot of so far since Thursday when the season resumed. Definitely, yeah. Um, like you just mentioned, just the defense. Uh, the Thunder offense was clicking. You mentioned those shooting numbers, but the defense is really what set the tone and really what separated them in that first half and carried them right. to Especially the win. In that just, first half, good point. They just locked them up the entire time. And missing Boyan Bogdanovich for Utah is massive. Um, but I mean, even the normal culprits like Mitchell was locked up. Gobert couldn't do anything against Steven Adams. Like, it was it was just an overall team effort defensively uh, that just played out perfectly. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you're exactly right. Um, and I, I really like the point that you brought up that the defense in that first half is really what kind of led to the offensive points and led to that gap <laughs> in score where the Thunder just kind of got comfortable and took over from there. Um, so from at the end of the game, we won't jump into the third and fourth quarters because it was a lot of the same. And some of those things we'll touch on here in a little bit. We'll touch on some of the things we saw in the third and fourth quarters, but... Thunder ended up shooting 41 of 77, 53.2% from the field overall at the end of the game, which is phenomenal. If you're shooting over 50%, um, you're looking pretty solid. Guys like Gallo, Steven, SGA, CP3, Baisley. Um, so Gallo had 15 points and 4 rebounds. Steven had 16 points and 11 rebounds. Uh, had a great double-double. I think the best thing about Steven is that it's a continuation of what we saw in the scrimmages. He shot 7 of 10 from the field against Rudy Gobert, um, a lot of people's defensive player of the year, if we're being completely honest. I mean, that's pretty fantastic. You have Shea with 19 points and six assists. Some of the moves we saw from Shea, which we'll dive into, were just phenomenal. Um, a continuation, again, of what we saw in the scrimmages. He seems like he's way more confident, and that was shown today, um, especially, you know, like I said, in those 19 points. Uh, I think the six assists actually all came in the first half, which kind of shows how well the Thunder played in the first half compared to the second. 
Then you have Chris Paul with 18 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, and a, a game-high plus 27, which is phenomenal on the floor. Darius Baisley, again, something else that we brought up in the scrimmages, something, uh, another player, another Thunder player that stood out to us, 10.7 rebounds today. Looks like a continuation. Uh, again, it gets a really good defensive Utah Jazz team. And then Hami, he only had 9 points and 4 rebounds, and only is kind of, you know, in quotations because... He had his impact all over this game when he was in, um, like you said earlier, Jacob, defensively. And then Schroeder, he continued to struggle a little bit. Um, he had 13 points, but overall he was kind of seems like he's still trying to find his groove. But I think the best part about all of that is that even with Schroeder struggling, um, everybody else was just so on point that it didn't even matter. So just thinking if all these guys are clicking on all cylinders at the same time, including Schroeder, um, this is going to be a really tough team to beat. Totally agree. Yeah, if they if they can continue playing like this, and you just mentioned it, like Schroeder didn't even have that great of a game, and that's one of like OKC's you know biggest guys. So when the Thunder have one, two, three, four, five, six guys scoring double figures, another guy who had nine points. Um, how many people had an assist today? One, two, three, four. Five, six guys with assists, two of them with more than six. I mean, the the ball is moving, the offense is clicking, the chemistry is there, the the confidence is there. I didn't think the Thunder were going to do this today. I thought they would win. I didn't think they would win like this. Right. Uh, that Denver game becomes a really interesting barometer now. I think that's a really good point, especially seeing who Denver plays. Um, but if the Thunder can continue this momentum heading into that game, um, is it, yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, I will say though, as somebody who has to work a, I say has to, um, especially in these times right now, it's a blessing to get to just have a job in general, but working a, you know, eight to five job, I'm going to be struggling a little bit trying to watch that three o'clock game, but you know what? I will be sure to sink my phone in somehow to be able to, there <laughs> to, you go. to watch these guys. I'm actually back on campus for the first time since March 11th. Wow. Um, on Monday. Man, that but, was a long uh, spring break, Jacob. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> um, no, I'm back on campus uh, in, in a mask and, and staying as far away from children as I can. It's not official day back, but I have some, some stuff I do up at school with uh, a group of leadership kids. Luckily, that is done at 2 o'clock. There you just go. Just in That'll time work. for me to grab some Chick-fil-A, drive home, and plant my ass firmly on that couch. You got it. You got it down to a T. You got your Dude, plan. I love I've it. Got, I've got my plan. That sounds All right, like a Taylor, fantastic Monday. Before we move on and hit some of these big themes of the game, let's tell our listeners where they can bet on the Thunder going eight and zero in the bubble. Well, while that's a fantastic bet, there's no other place to do that than BetOnline.ag. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it will be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. I actually saw on Twitter today that um, the Blue Wire Twitter account actually tweeted out a segment of that, so be sure to go and check that out. And check out this, this segment that BetOnline is doing. That's really cool. Visit BetOnline.ag for all of your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. 
so Jacob, like we said, there was a lot of themes to take from this game. Um, almost all positives. A couple negatives, I think, that we can probably throw in at the end, but nothing extremely worrisome. But I think you have to... St- this team in general, and this season in general, starts and ends with their leader, and that's Chris Paul. He looked fantastic today. He was um, incredible. Like, I mean, like we mentioned earlier, he had a fantastic stat line, but I think what was most impressive to me was the way he controlled the game from tip-off. So what were your thoughts on Chris Paul, and um, how did you feel after the game, seeing how he played compared... Like I kind of mentioned earlier, how he played in the scrimmages. Yeah, so I thought that Chris Paul was just taking it easy during the scrimmages. Today, 18 points on 7 of 11 shooting. Hit his only three. Hit all three of his free throws. Six rebounds. uh, Or, sorry, seven rebounds, seven assists. The three turnovers is a little ugly. uh, Two steals and a game-high plus 27, which is ridiculous. When he's out there, he just runs the show. He. He is so intelligent of a basketball player. He knows exactly where he wants to go, the matchups he wants, where he's looking to pass the ball, that mid-range jumper, that mid-range little pull-up. I tweeted, he had Georges Niang doing the cha-cha slide out there. (laughs) I mean, he crossed that dude up like three times, and George looked like— Niang looked like he was on ice, just like slipping, kicking his legs up, and Chris Paul just pulls up that little jumper, getting the switch on Rudy and taking that step-back jumper. I mean, Chris is incredible, uh, and he proved that again tonight. He's the, the 18 points is like right at his season average. I think he averages like between 17 and 18 points a game. But the seven rebounds, seven assists, two steals, all of that is awesome. His efficiency was great. Uh, can't ask more from the guy. Yeah, no, absolutely. He, just, he plays within the game so much. Exactly. Um, and he, like you, I, kind of to the point you just made, he sets the tone of the game. But Jacob, one thing that I kind of noticed from him today that we haven't always seen from him this season, you know, uh, we mentioned this over and over. We've said it many times in this podcast already. He sets the tone for the game, right? He, he sets the pace, but I felt like he pushed the pace a little more today. He was pushing the ball. Um, those guys are running in transition against this team, especially in the first half. And a lot of that started with Chris Paul just taking those rebounds and running. Where in the past, particularly you know previously in this season, prior to the the break and play, we kind of saw him just taking the ball, slowing things down, setting the offense. But today, it felt like he was pushing the pace a little more. Did you notice that? Yeah, it felt like the team as a whole tried to get out and run more. Um, and that's hey, I'm all for that. Absolutely, Let's do it. especially Let's against do a team it. like Utah, right? Like exactly, that's perfect. So somebody else who I felt like kind of stepped up to that level of play was healthy Steven. But I also put skinny Steven here. And the reason I put that there is because, for one, the SBN uh, commentators at Doris Burke and who was it? Was it uh, Johnson? I don't, I don't remember. Anyways, they, they mentioned Steven looking a little more thin coming back from New Zealand, like he had kind of lost some weight, which I mentioned to you guys, not in a bad way, um, but I mentioned that to you guys also in our, our uncontested Slack earlier a, a couple weeks ago. Um, but we also had, and I'm scrolling through our Twitter mentions, and I can't find it now, so I apologize. But one of our Twitter followers mentioned this as well. They're like, you know, I made a comment, you know, healthy statement is such a big part of this team, uh, so huge for this team. And he, this, this Twitter follower re- replied with, is it healthy Steven or is it skinny Steven? Do you think he's playing better because he's lost that weight? So Jacob, I'm going to present you with that question. What do you think it is? Is it combination of both is it because he's lost weight or is it simply just because he's he's in shape and he's healthy again and had that break and play i think it's mainly the break and play and 
all the nagging injuries and the things that he plays through. Weston mentioned this on the podcast the other day. Steven Adams is like an Iron Man. He just he'll fight through anything. Uh, he's literally like the the poster boy of rub some dirt on it. And so the fact that he got so much time off to rest his body, he just boxed out cows and and you know set screens <laughs> on cows. But besides that, uh, he he looks. He's jumping, he's moving, he's, and I think maybe a change in mindset a little bit. Like, he was aggressive in the post today, which you typically don't see him do. We don't see see him get technical. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) He, he, I mean, he had some post moves where he was like, you know, giving like a little shimmy shake and going over the right shoulder with like a little lefty floater and stuff. And he's dunking the basketball, which typically tries to lay it in. He looks healthy and he looks aggressive. And I think that's the biggest thing. I agree with you. Um, and but speaking of aggressive, you know, I actually have a a category here called young guys, but I had to put Shea even outside that category just because of how incredible he looks. And this is a perfect transition because you mentioned Stevens' confidence. Talk about a guy with confidence right now in the Thunder. Shea Gilgeous Alexander, he's dripping confidence. You know, I, I mentioned a couple podcasts ago that he was you know just swagger through the roof. And it showed again today. That wasn't just scrimmages. That's Shea ready to go. Um, and I think what was impressive to me is that he kind of took a back seat when some of the guys like Gallo and Chris Paul, like I mentioned earlier, kind of had the hot hand. But w- when it was his, his time to shine, he made it worth it. And so, Jacob, talk to me a little about a little bit about what you saw from Shea today. Yeah, he this dude, like you mentioned, Taylor, you can just tell he knows he's good now. Like he knows what he is. 19 points on 50% from the floor, 40% from three, 83% from the free throw line, two rebounds, six assists, three steals. Yeah, the free throw lines. This is something that we've harped on and we talked about on our last podcast. Made it through the free throw line uh, six times, or sorry, I guess for six shots, I should say. It um, was five or six from the line. He's getting to the line more frequently. Yeah, and, and that's one of the parts of his evolution. But the thing to me that was even more is those six assists. I mean, for the season, he averages 3.3 a game. He had six tonight. like that. So he doubled his season average in assists. We saw him with seven assists against Portland in that scrimmage. His playmaking is, has just gone to a new level. It's his vision in the pick and roll, his ability to manipulate the defense to know where he wants to go with the ball. You can tell he spent a year around Chris Paul and that it has play, paid huge dividends for him. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, we, we saw him driving to the lane where I think you, the Utah defenders expect him to, to like kind of go and try and do some sort of scoop, scoop shot, need to draw a foul or miss a shot, right? Uh, but we saw him kick out to some of his players like, the Dorts and the CP3s and others. I think that was huge. Hey, let's um, talk about driving and say, doing scoop of, yeah. shots and saying defensive player of the year. That's cute, Rudy. I'm coming at your damn chest every time down. Some of those and finishes over. Dude, he had oh. that one that was like he went to the left side of the hoop, jumped off his left foot, and went down and under with his right hand on the opposite side of the rim. And I yes. was just like, how in the say, hell did you get that shot off? Opposite side of the rim. Against Rudy Gobert. Oh. And finish, like just incredible, incredible. I mean, that this increased kid, strength, right? That we we've seen him put on size and strength, and he's showing it with his game. Oh, sorry, continue. <laughs> oh my, no, just damn, it's it's so nice. Like this kid, 
every time he gets a break, he comes back better. I told Weston this the other night. I'm not going to doubt it until I, the evidence shows us. Give Shea a break. He's coming back better. Exactly. So between the end of the bubble and whenever the next season starts, I expect Shea to come back better. Right? Absolutely. Like that's all the evidence we have is that this is what this kid does. Absolutely. So I I mean, Jacob, I want to add on to that and just talk about Shea for like the rest of the podcast. But There you go. Let's do it. Good thing. Yeah, right. So next it yeah, no. Um but with that being said, you know, we're recording a group podcast tomorrow. Uh, that will be dropping on Monday. So unfortunately, I'm going to go ahead and move on to some other young guys, just like Shea, um, either they're his age or a year younger, because I think they were really important to what the Thunder did today. Lou Dort, somebody we talked a lot about um, during these scrimmages. He didn't have huge stats. He didn't do like a ton offensively, but the way he's moving off ball and his lockdown defense against, like you said earlier in the podcast, uh, Donovan Mitchell, I thought was fantastic. Yeah, Lou's defense was incredible. Uh, offensively, um, I mean, he, he wasn't great. Five points on two of eight shooting, one of five from three. But we know the shot does look a lot better now. Uh, he had an assist. The one assist was the lob to Nerlens. Three rebounds, two steals. And like we mentioned earlier, just he put Donovan Mitchell in the torture chamber. Like, he is so good defensively. Uh, I can't wait to see him against Denver uh, against the Lakers, there's not a great matchup for him. Him versus Dion is going to be like two stars colliding uh, I mean, yeah. and creating a supernova. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, any point guard, shooting guard, even some small forwards in the league, you throw Lou on him, and he's going to do a fantastic job. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I thought he did, just like you said, I mean, just completely locked uh, Mitchell down, which is big time. Now, another young wing who seems to be his official backup. Hamadou Diallo is getting those backup wing minutes. So what are your thoughts on Diallo? Thought he had a great uh, a great game today. 3 and D, as we would not expect that from Hami, but he hit two threes today. Yeah, Hami, two of two from the three-point line, three of six from the floor, had some aggressive drives to the rim. I, that shot looks a lot better. It doesn't look perfect, doesn't look great, but it looks way better from where it was. Um, and then defensively, he's just this kid has an incredibly high motor. He actually reminds me a lot of Andre. Like, yep. just the, the way he defends. He, he's like a mix of Andre and Russ. And the fact that his jump shot's not good. He's got a crazy motor. He's always going 150%. He's crashing the glass like, like crazy. He's super physical defensively. He wants to dunk everything that he can. And, yeah, Taylor, he's officially the the he was the first wing off the bench today he's been the first wing off the bench for the past three scrimmages it's not a fluke anymore this is he's taken the position from abdul nader from terrence ferguson um he he you know got more minutes than than andre today he is your first wing off the bench although basely played more it seems like Hami and basely is the direction they're going now yeah no absolutely and i think that's a great transition um, somebody who came in with Hami almost every time or shortly after when Hami got in, Darius Baisley. And we talked a lot about him in the scrimmages. He looks solid again today. He gave the thunder. You know, he, while he maybe wasn't quite as aggressive as he was in the scrimmages because he understood um, the difference between the scrimmage and the first official game against an actual playoff contender, I thought uh, Baisley was great today. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, 10.7 rebounds, 4 of 6 shooting. All of that's awesome. To me, it's his defense. Exactly. How many times did he lock up Jordan Clarkson? 
who I is mean, smaller huge. and quicker than him. That, and it's that's because he has the sixth man. I mean, that's that's their sixth man. That, that's yeah. their equivalent of shooter. I mean, Baisley was closing out to the three-point line, chopping his feet, not jumping at the ball like we saw a lot of other people do, moving his feet well whenever a guy drives, contesting shots at the rim, being aggressive on the glass. And he was getting you rebounds, don't, you don't, like you, you typically said. don't see rookies play play defense like Baisley and Dort do. And that is a massive, massive positive. Um, they can get better as shooters. They can work on their playmaking a little bit. But to already have that defensive acuity and that IQ and that uh, just that ability and that understanding is huge. And I'm excited to see kind of how he progresses. He's a great defender. All, not, I can't say he's a great defender for a rookie. How about that? He's a great yeah, defender no for a rookie. I think that and the sorry. the this on that end. His length, his his quickness, his athleticism, the sky is the limit defensively for this kid. I mean, we talk about basketball IQ all the time. Um, you hear it on, you see it on national, uh, you know, NBA, Twitter. Uh, we talk about it on this podcast a lot. Baisley has that IQ. It's just a matter of getting his body there, um, getting the skill there. And we're seeing that start to meet up with his basketball IQ for being as young as he is. And like you mentioned, Dort's another great example. And then you add those two three-pointers that each of them hit respectively um today and that's that's big time now somebody else who i thought was huge for this team was nerlands and he didn't have big stats he didn't do anything big offensively but what he did was he gave steven some rest especially and he had four blocks and the dude had, was playing exactly, volleyball out there exactly because quinn snyder wanted to throw rudy gobert out there when steven was on the bench to try and just give <laughs> the utah jazz any any form of like offensive spark that they could get and Nerlens made sure that didn't happen. Yeah, he his help side defense is ridiculous. Uh, like you said, he's not a great offensive player. He made a free throw and had an alley oop dunk. Um, but defensively, just his ability to move his feet and especially to help on that weak side and block shots. Four blocks today is insane. Uh, he was sending stuff left and right. He had four blocks and like two goaltends. So he got up for yeah. another two yeah. and just got to him a little bit late. Uh, I thought Nerlens there. I'm glad. I'm glad he woke up from his nap on time. Got his COVID <laughs> test, uh, but he looked awesome. Oh yeah, he looked fantastic. And I think that's so, like I mentioned, that's so huge. If you have a healthy Steven, I mean, the sky is kind of the limit for this team. Um, maybe up until you get to those LA teams. Uh, but with that being said, I think Nerlens plays a huge role in that, and the backup minutes he was able to present was just fantastic. So somebody you mentioned earlier in the podcast, Jacob, that I want to bring up before we move on, Dre. He played in the first half, and he had some great minutes, like we mentioned. Uh, sorry, Donnie, Donnie Mitchell. Um, we're going to go ahead and, and sit Lou Dort, but we're going to throw Dre at you. And then Dre comes out and just played some fantastic defense. He swallowed a shot, like you mentioned in your your uh, one of your tweets. So what were your thoughts on Dre's first half minutes, and why do you think he didn't play in the second? It's a good question. I thought his first half minutes were fine. Didn't do anything offensively, but he was really good defensively. Um, and again, I think maybe it's... A little bit situational, but also just ramping him back up to speed. After that third scrimmage, Billy did say Dre's got to continue to work on his conditioning. Dre would say that as well. So they got Dre some minutes today, but I wouldn't be surprised if as we move on, you see his minutes go up and up. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Dre for 15 or 20 minutes against, like, the Lakers. Yeah. Or if you see Dre for 15 or 20 minutes against... uh, uh, like the last game of the season, if they do, if the Clippers do play their stars, I mean, you need Dre out there for for Lou, or sorry, not for Lou, for uh, Paul and for Kawhi. 
So I, I think part of it's situational when we need a big wing, a big defensive wing, you put him out there. I think part of it's also just not overwhelming him and getting getting him up to speed slowly. Right. I, I think that's a good point. They're going to use Dre situationally. That's kind of something that uh, be sure to follow our own guy, Crane NBA, because he um, has all those Billy quotes from earlier today, and that's something that Billy kind of mentioned. And then Jacob just following up on all, all of what we kind of just talked about now. The Thunder only had two starters play over 30 minutes. Uh, Lou Dort played exactly 30 minutes, and Shea played 32. That's from uh, Mikey Barra. actually tweeted that on Twitter. I thought that was a great point. Just shows how deep this team is, which is really exciting. So just jumping into some quick negatives. I don't want to spend too much time on them, but there were 21 turnovers. Yeah, that was ugly. They only shot 75% from the free throw line. Not great, especially considering how many times they get to the free throw line. And Schroeder just isn't quite there. And maybe that's because he's expecting to have to leave here soon, uh, which is absolutely understandable. I don't hold that against him at all. But he's just not quite there. So those were kind of the three negatives that stood out to me. Again, like if you're going up against a team like the LA Lakers or the LA Clippers. Yeah, uh, Schroeder looked like he was forcing a bit tonight and got a little bit out of himself, um, but then settled down a little bit later. Uh, And I did think he played good defense, though. So I, I, I think for Schroeder, I think he'll be fine. I do think it's going to be difficult to play this game, maybe play Monday, uh, then leave the bubble, and then try to come back and get back in that rhythm again will be a little bit of a challenge. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. So, uh, but, but, yeah, don't really focus on the negatives a whole lot whenever you beat a team so bad like they did today. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. So, Jacob. We got a lot of questions, a lot of questions from Twitter, a lot of questions from Discord. Thunder fans are pumped up. But before we do that, tell our followers about our second sponsor of the day. So have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect at a price you never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's just like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. So if you go ahead and you buy in now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon signup on top of all the other discounts. All you've got to do is go to dealdash.com and use the offer code UNCONTESTED, the name of this podcast, or dealdash.fm slash uncontested. That is D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash uncontested. So Jacob, like I mentioned, our listeners and our followers are awesome. We got a, I actually kind of like, kind of you know poked him with the stick like come on give me more questions and like here we are now and i'm not sure we were even going to be able to make it through all the twitter and discord questions so i apologize for that but i want to start with the twitter questions and then i think we have three really good discord questions i want to get to beautiful let's do it so first and foremost the first one comes from the courtside virtual fan of the day himself our very own okc tracker (laughs) he asks who takes shooter's minutes when he leaves that's a great question. I think we're going to see Dre's minutes go up a little bit, uh, and I think you're just going to see Shea and Lou play more. I don't think they're going to play Ferg there. I don't think they're going to play um, – why can't I even think of the kid's name, the two-way kid? Uh, two-way 
the oh, two-way uh, Hall. Hall, Devin Hall. I don't <laughs> think they're going to play Devin Hall. Um, obviously, we can't even think of his name. Uh, so I, th- I just think you're going to see Shea and Lou get more opportunities there. So I agree with you on Lou. Um, I do think we could potentially see Lou um, kind of get some handle, get to handle the ball a little more. I think Lou and Dre are going to be the two that primarily split those minutes. Um, like you Agreed. said, Dre comes in for defensive purposes, and then Lou might handle the ball um, as less as possible, but he might still handle the ball. So next question we got from Justin Lowe on Twitter. He asked, shouldn't we get to kick you? This is kind of a funny question, so we'll, we'll answer it quickly. But shouldn't we get to kick Utah out of their hotel and take it over since we were going to beat the Jazz back in March anyways? I love it. King of the Hill. <laughs> King of where the Hill. Basically, you beat somebody, you kick them out, you take over. Um, Thunder win on Wednesday. They get over to the real nice hotel where the Lakers are staying. Exactly. We should be I'm there with them, it. damn it. Um, so Josh B also had a funny question. I actually quote tweeted him, replied to this, but he said, why didn't, why didn't they play? I've got a feeling when we won because the Thunder were the home team today. And so I, I added the NBA from our account and said, you guys need to make this happen. This is a true home game for OKC. We played, I got a feeling. Uh, I'm okay that they didn't play. I got a feeling. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Fair. So another fun question from Xstan SGA. Um, he's been following along with us for a while now. He asked, if a former Thunder player were to be a part of the virtual crowd to watch our guys play, who would it be, Jacob? A former Thunder player? A former Thunder player. If they were to join Justin in the crowd, who would it be? Oh, I got a couple answers here. All right, you ready? Oh, I'm, First, you got to get ready. Mr. Thunder himself, Nick, Nick Collison. I love it. Um, Hashim Tabit has been known to be in Oklahoma City and watch games. So you got to get Hashim on there. Um, and then one more, get my boy Amo on there. Amo would be a good one. I like that. He'd be a hype man over there. You know, like he, I feel like he'd be rooting them on. That's a good one. I like that. How would you go with? I was thinking perk because perk. I mean, he's, he's the virtual man already, right? He's on all the different shows and just stirring up trouble. So I could see perk over there. Like, let's go CP3. You know what I mean? Like he'd be great. He'd be great. Um, that, that was a fun question. Now, this is kind of something that we mentioned earlier, um, and Man News 2010, he was actually the one that pointed out to me that I said uh, I was a little worried about Chris Paul and um, Gallo, and so he was the one who kind of made me eat my crow here, so shouts out to him. But he asked us, although only one game, is there anything that we should be concerned about going into the next games? I think that's fair. Uh, it's hard to say there's much to be concerned about after what they did today. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh there's not a whole lot I was really worried about. Everyone looked really good today, so I don't have a whole lot of concerns. Uh, we already we're already one and zero going up against a Denver team that lost to Miami today. Maybe Denver gets some of their players back for Monday. We'll see. Uh, but I feel pretty good going into that game. Yeah, no, I, I I think I'm with you. I think the only concern that came out from this game is something I mentioned earlier: turnovers. And I think that's all I got. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Zayolfik. I can never pronounce that name. I think he told me to call him Nate, if I remember correctly, like way, way, way back when, earlier in the season. But he had a really good question. Um, he had a fun, hot take about SGA's hair. He liked it more pre-COVID. But with that being said, Jacob, who is your pick for most improved Thunder player since the shutdown, Robertson not included? And obviously, this is just taking to consider. This is just so far. This is not who do you project. If we're just looking at from point A to point B, uh, Baisley probably made the biggest leap. But if we're looking at who is like 
the best player, uh, I'd have to go Shea. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I'm um, also Dort. I think like Dort might be on the same level as Basley, so maybe it's a tie there. Um, but I think Shea, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's a good answer. Shea was already at a high level and he jumped to an even higher level. Basley was at like rookie, not great level, and jumped to to pretty good. I mean, I just so I think I think his jump was a little bit bigger. I can't wait until our Sunday pod and we have a little more time. Uh, sorry, Monday pod. We record on Sundays and we we talk about that Shea jump and because uh, I'm, I'm I'm like as much as I want Shooter on the team because it's going to make us or going to help us win. It's kind of exciting to see what Shea can do when he has the ball in his hands without CP3 on the court. Definitely. Um, so anyways, speaking of CP3, we had a couple questions. You know, how will CP3 look in Nick's uniform and us with some of their picks? Will Chris Paul get traded in the offseason? Um, if you want to touch on that now, Jacob, we can. If not, we can save that for, because we'll definitely be talking about that on future pods. But those really Yeah, let, let's, save, let's save that one for Sunday. Thank you guys for the question. Yeah. Uh, but since it's the post-game pod and we're already going late, let's save that one for Sunday. Agreed, agreed. So let's switch over to the Discord. And if you guys are not already um, on the Boomtown Discord, please join. Go to their website, boomtownhoops.com, and there's a little emblem in the corner. You can join there. And then they'll make sure that they get you plugged completely in. You get access to all the channels. And we've been having a blast. So we have like three awesome questions that I really want to answer here before we round all this out, Jacob. Darian, one of our day ones, somebody that you taught, I believe, or was it was in your school. Um, do we think Ferg plays meaningful minutes in the seeding games? Because Ferg did not see minutes. And that's something we haven't touched on yet. As of right now, I say no. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna see Ferg or sorry, not Ferg, Diallo. Hami, and that's the same person. Jesus, what am I saying, Taylor? For you're going to see Diallo, you're going to see Robertson, and you're going to see Baisley. Those are going to be your three wings uh, before Ferg or Abdul sees minutes. Uh, so I don't think he's going to see much minutes at all in the bubble. I'm exactly with you. Um, they're kind of talking it up to a quote-unquote leg injury or whatever it is right now. I mean, let's be completely honest. If he was 100% healthy, I'm not sure he'd be out there anyway. So I'm, I'm with you, Agreed. Jacob. So uh, Dylan Young, Boomtown's own Dylan Young, asked if voters waited until the end of the eight seeding games, would Lou get any all-defensive team love? And he also asked kind of a funny question, which we don't have to answer because Justin's not on here. But he added Justin and asked, would it have really been that hard for Ferg to find a basketball goal during the stoppage? <laughs> uh, that question, the answer is no. Um, the first one, Lou has been phenomenal defensively. I don't think he would get any, like, uh, uh, defensive player of the year yeah. or first or second team defensive love. Uh, he just hasn't played enough games, even uh, e- even if they counted these eight seeding games. But I think in the future, he's going to be Marcus Smart-esque, where like, he's known as a great defender in the league, but maybe doesn't get recognized for accolades. Yeah, no, I, I think that's completely fair. And to that point, um, Kevin O'Connor... And I think with Zach Lowe, both mentioned Lou Dort and their all-defensive team analysis uh, breakdowns that they did. Like, Lou Dort didn't play enough, but he was really good, and so I'm going to go ahead and mention him here. I think that's worth something. I think that's worth something. Yeah, that's something. awesome. So, yeah, big time. And I think guys are going to be watching him during this this resumption of the season. So, very last question. We're going to get out of here. Cody Beat on the Discord, contributor to Boomtown Hoops, asked, what is the most likely scenario? The Thunder jumped to three. Dropped to six to seven, or, or sorry, <laughs> the Thunder jumped to three or dropped to the six seven range and keep our own pick that we would be giving to Philadelphia otherwise. Oh man, well, the Thunder are currently fifth. 
Um, six, seven. Those teams are. Um, they're actually the Thunder are tied with Houston for six, and they are kind of a ways up on Dallas. Dallas has played a lot more games than the Thunder. Um, I think it's more likely they climb to three because if they can beat Denver, then the Thunder are going to be at forty-two and twenty-four, and Denver will be at forty-three and twenty-four. Yeah. No. I think there's a better chance they climb right now than they fall down to seven. Now, if I ha- if you made me guess, um, will they get three or six? I would probably say the six seed. But if it's three or seven, I'm going to say they, they are more likely to climb to three than to drop to seven. I'm 100% with you there. And I actually saw a really good tweet today. Um, while I was tweeting from the account, somebody saying that like, you know, with Denver's injuries, assuming these players aren't playing for a little bit, or even just as of today, um, and then who was the other one? Oh, I can't remember. Mavericks injuries, maybe. Are we sure that the OKC Thunder are not the third best team behind the LA teams as of today after watching their game? And I think that's a fair point. Again, that's all going to change here in like another week when guys start coming back and are being more available. But I'm exactly with you. Um, so, Jacob, that's all the questions. Or, sorry, we, we had a couple others. We're going to save them. But uh, really thankful for our, our listeners and our followers on Twitter and all of our, our friends over in the Discord for sending those in. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Make sure you join the Discord and keep sending those questions in. Agreed. Be sure to join the Boomtown Discord, just as Jacob mentioned. Um, Boomtown Hoops Discord. Go to their website. Click on that little emblem. We'll get you hooked up. You'll have access to all the channels. So thank you guys again. We had an absolute blast. Uh, this is a great post-game podcast to start the the resumption of the season off with um thank you to our sponsors dealdash.com as well as betonline.ag be sure to go to our descriptions and our tweets and you guys will be able to find those promo codes be sure to check them out because that will help us out a lot as well speaking of helping us out if you have enjoyed what you've heard enjoy the time and effort we put in during the hiatus when there wasn't a whole lot of uh, hoops to cover please go and make sure you leave us a five-star review we would really appreciate that that helps our podcast out a lot um, we cannot thank you guys enough for just following along. And like I said, even today, the season starting back up, you guys following along on Twitter, that was awesome. And we really appreciate that. So thank you guys again. Stay tuned. Sunday night, uh, Monday morning, we'll have a podcast dropping when we record Sunday night, our group pod, and we kind of look forward to the week ahead and recap this previous week. And then Monday, 3 p.m., Thunder Play again, Denver Nuggets. And we will have you guys covered with another post-game podcast. So stay tuned. Thank you guys. Thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.